Hey, Father. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. What story are we doing today? Oh, we're finishing 2 Samuel? Amazing. Okay, great. Call back later. <gasps> ah! You guys, this week we're talking about King David and his son Absalom. Welcome to another episode of Bible Stories with me, Brianda. Brianda. And I'm joined by the one and only... La Clara. <laughs> La Clara NYC. La Clara NYC, what's up? The Spanish vixen herself. Look at her. I mean, look at her. A vision. Oh, stop it. Like, what's... What? Okay, wait, hold on. You guys... You guys, if for those that are not watching the YouTube channel, please watch the YouTube channel. I repeat, the YouTube channel takes a lot of effort. Yeah. You guys, for those who are not watching the YouTube channel, <laughs> La Clara has, like, her nails right now, her nail art is on point. Look, are they are they looking at your nails? Yes. Like, what in the world is this? I know. I love them. I you, was feeling fierce today, so I was... You know. Okay, Bible babes, I just want to also let you know because she won't. She's a little bashful babe. She does her nails herself for fun and she is like professional level good. <laughs> I've like I, I've never seen someone do their nails and like just be like, oh, you know, I'm just like chilling, you know what I do? Like what, girl? <laughs> that, those are cat claws. Thank you. And like the design, you got some zebra print, the mat. Yeah. I don't know anything about nails. I mean, I'm a glam girl, but I leave the nails to other people. <laughs> and you look so fabulous. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm actually proud of this set. So I'm going to show them one more time. Please show them. Please get a close yes. up. Freeze frame. Whatever we do in post. <laughs> um, Clara, I dig the outfit too. Thank I you. wish we had swapped outfits because <laughs> I hate what I'm wearing. You guys... I will tell you right now, I know Clara's going to be like, no. I, yeah, you just change it right Wheezy, now. Wheezy, no, 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 no. Wheezy was in here and she said no. For those of you who are not watching, you guys know that uh, I'm a fab girl. I put a lot of effort into my outfits. I experiment a lot. And, you know, sometimes what you guys don't catch, sometimes it doesn't always work. <laughs> and today is one of those days. I was going for this really avant-garde, like, uh, situation that involved like a different hairstyle and it just wasn't working out. And I was already an hour late. Like I was like, I have to leave. So I put on this outfit. I'm literally wearing pajamas, guys. I look like a cross between uh, uh, MTV's like teen mom and like a pajama party, scary spice. I don't know what this is. I'm not, I'm not happy about it. And uh, oh, and I know that no one's going to want to hear this crap. If you don't want to hear the intro to any of Bible story episodes, hey man, I understand. You're on your way to work. You just want to get straight to the story. You want to know what King's raping who? Oh my God, it's a trigger warning. <laughs> so that was, that was too, too hot for the beginning of the episode. Too hot, too We're hot. starting strong Starting today. strong. <laughs> but for those of you who just want to skip right to the story... All of the timestamps for the episodes will be in every episode's description or show notes. So if you're watching on YouTube, all you have to do is go to either my comment or the description, click on that link, like the little um, hyperlink of where the timestamp is. It'll take you right to where you want to be. Um, 
over the weekend, I had a poll. I took suggestions mm-hmm. from the listeners to see what they wanted to see more of, what they want to, you know what I'm saying? I took a poll mm-hmm. and 22% of people want me to get straight to the story. They don't want to hear high tangies. They just want to hear the stories. A whopping 78% wanted the intro and the high tangies. So I'm trying to find a happy medium where I can, because you know, like those were over, those were the, 22% is not nothing. No, 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 definitely. And But I think the timestamps is a good, you know, right. solution. There are timestamps for you if you don't want to. Someone said that she listens to them while she jogs and stuff, so she's not really looking at that. So I said, just cue, just cue it up before you go on your jog. You know, like there, you guys, there's a very first world problems we have here. <laughs> uh, but regardless, we may actually just do the intros for Patreon. We're still working out the kinks, guys. Give us some time. Um, pretty soon we're going to have like a more, you know, set, segmented program. We're only on episode, tw- this is episode 28. Mm-hmm. Like the Brianda and the Clara you're seeing at episode 28 are not going to be the same Brianda and Clara you see in episode 80. You know, so we're constantly evolving. We're trying mm-hmm. to figure out what works. Um, and thanks for the patience. Thanks for the suggestions, too. Um, yeah, we love the feedback. We love the feedback. Keep bringing them in. What mm-hmm. I will say is today's episode is kind of long. So we're going to cut this intro short. I know that 22% of you are happy about that, <laughs> bastards. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, let's let's dive right into the story, yeah? Yep, let's go. Boom. Okay, guys, so this week we're going to talk about the final days of King David and his son Absalom. To be specific, this week we're going to target chapters 16 through chapters 24, which is the end of 2 Samuel. It's going to be a girthy episode, so make sure you grab your snacks, pause if you have to, split the episode between days. Listen, I've been there. This is going to be one of them, okay? I'm going to try my best. If there are any biblical scholars listening to this, honestly, do you want to take my job? I, we're looking, honestly. You're going to have to fit into some Fashion Nova dresses, some <laughs> pom-poms in your hair. <laughs> anyways, anyways, chapter 16 to 24 is what we're going to be dissecting this week. So where we left off from last week's episode, King David's son, Absalom, has been up to no good. He is currently secretly plotting to raise a coup against his father, King David. Now, if we remember from last week, Absalom had just spent two years acquiring the likes and the love of the people of Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, you know, which David also named Zion, uh, uh, At this point, Absalom not only garnered the trust and devotion from the people, but he also got support from some big wigs in Team King David. To be exact, Absalom garnered support from one of King David's own counselors, Apithophel, Ahithophel, Ahithophel, Ahithophel! Got it. Wow, guys, this is embarrassing for me. I host a Bible show. (laughs) No, no, no. I know the name. I know the name. It's Ahithophel. So he was David's counselor. But remember what we said from last week's episode? 
it turns out Ahithophel, let me just look down and make sure I'm saying that name right. Please, Clara, in post, <laughs> fast forward through this. Just fast forward through this. Um, yes, Ahithophel. Why am I always doubting myself? You guys, let's stop doubting ourselves. Was once one of David's counselors, but now it turns out he is Team Absalom. And David is in for a violent treat. So for two years, Absalom was being a rat all around Jerusalem. He ends up asking his father, King David, because if you guys watched last week's episode, they ended up, uh, there ended up being a reconciliation between King David and Absalom. And of course, King David loved his son. Uh, he ends up asking him to pay a vow for the Lord. Let's hop into scripture so you have a little bit more context as to what I mean by pay a vow. So we're going to be going to 2 Samuel chapter 17, verses 8-ish to around 10. Uh, and at the end of four years, Absalom said to the king, please let me go and pay my vow, which I have vowed to the Lord in Hebron. For your servant vowed a vow while I lived in Geshur in Aram, saying, if the Lord will indeed bring me back to Jerusalem, then I will offer worship to the Lord. The king said to him, go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent secret messengers throughout all of the tribes of Israel, saying, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then say, Absalom is king at Hebron. It's a scheme. It's a plan. Absalom is just playing his father is what's happening. Absalom ends up getting like 200 some odd people to, to try and take over his father's kingdom at this time. And so word gets back to David that his son is up to no good. And because David doesn't know just how far along in a plan in the plan Absalom has been, he also doesn't know how long the plan has been going. He doesn't know how many people. I said 200 because I read the Bible. But David doesn't know if it's 200 or 2,000 or 20,000. He doesn't know. But David has messengers everywhere that are real rider dies for David. So he hears word and then David flees to protect himself, of course. David has been through so much at this point. Him dying is like not that far off. You know what I'm saying? That sounded so glib. <laughs> it's the Bible, you guys. It's just, it is what it is. Okay, guys, while David's fleeing, he tells his council, his people, which includes Ahithophel, let me know what Absalom is doing. Keep me abreast on any updates, okay? Let me know what's going on with him. It turns out moments later, some of the other servants of David let David know, hey, by the way, Ahithophel is actually team Absalom. And David is so angry. He's so uh, saddened, deceived. He feels betrayed. You know what I'm saying? So David prays to the Lord in that moment. And he goes, Lord, I just got played. If you could please make sure that anyone that Ahithophel counsels 
doesn't follow his orders. Please, Lord, please let anyone who listens to Ahithophel doubt him. Pin in that. I also think it's worth repeating. Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. So I don't know about you, but he knows that his daughter was violated. He knows that perhaps maybe King David isn't his, you know, uh, favorite person. So the idea of Ahithophel backstabbing King David doesn't seem too far-fetched. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And while David is out fleeing, especially in the beginning, he's worried. You guys, this is not the first time David has fled. Call back to Saul. Remember when Saul was trying to kill David, young David? But now David is much older. He's a tenured king. And here he is again, escaping someone who's trying to kill him, escaping his son who's trying to kill him. Could you imagine the amount of anxiety and worry that you're experiencing at that time? I don't know about you, but when I'm worried, like the first thing I do is, well, obviously the first thing I do is pray, but the next thing is I try and find a friend. I try and, or I'll hit up my sister. I'll hit up my, my best friend, Olivia, like somebody. Am I crazy? Is that not what we all do? Like when we're worried, I, I, what do you do? Do you go to your boyfriend? Not really. <laughs> Who do you go to? I don't Who know. do you wait? You're a non-believer. Who do you go to when you're just myself? It sounds a little bit weird, but yeah, like if the I'm girl worried. who struggled to put eyelashes on thirty minutes ago, you go to that woman. <laughs> the hella. Here I am. <laughs> wait, wait, you go to yourself? I don't have that much trust in myself, Clara. Like, if I have doubts on certain what things worry? and you need, like, a second opinion, yeah, you're going to ask somebody. But if I'm worried, like worried, I told you. Anxious. I, yeah, I'm, I'm by myself. I'm, I'm a very, like, I kind of psychoanalyze myself and, like, just get rid of it. Like, I just find a solution, you know. What if you're psychoanalyzing yourself and you've skipped a meal? Hmm? Does that make sense? Like, what if you catch yourself at the wrong bio physiological uh, predicament? Uh, you know what I'm saying? What if you catch yourself at the wrong time? If I have something that worries me or gives me anxiety, I try to break it down in my head. Okay. Like, what is it? What's the root of it? What can I do to solve it? Can I solve it? If I can solve it, get okay. into it. If I can't, why worry? Okay. I'm not, listen, I'm just asking the questions that... Us believers want to know, okay? <laughs> Anyways, uh, King David, he's worried. And he goes to his homie, a road dog, like a high school friend, Hushai. He sees him while he's out in the wood, like in the wilderness, the woods, like escaping, fleeing uh, his son and his army, his coup that's about to uh, insurrect his uh, kingdom. Um, he go. he sees, he, he, randomly sees his friend Hashai and he goes, Hashai, is that you? Bruh, I haven't seen you since our high school reunion. And they like, you know, they get chummy. They see each other. Hashai's like, oh my gosh, boy, what are you doing? Like, you're a king. What's going on? Why, why are you sweating like this? And you know that he, as a friend would do, uh, it doesn't really say this in the Bible, but you know, you can interpret like when two homies are reunited, they're asking about everything. How are you when you see your friend that you haven't seen in a minute? Like, how are your kids? How's everything? You know, and David confides in his friend and he lets him know, like, listen, my, my son's mad. 
my son's real mad at me. <laughs> He's trying to kill me, <laughs> you know? And um, David actually asks Hashai, listen, you can't come with me. If you come with me, you may get killed. Like, but Hashai knows that King David is a king, okay? He's not just cualquier persona. He's not just like whatever, schlum, average schmo. He's the king still. And Hashai goes, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. Let me know what you want me to do. And King David goes, listen, if you go back to Jerusalem, I need you to put your, you know, Meryl Streep actor face on. I need you to get in there and I need you to, to show face for me. But whatever you do, just don't betray me, please. Like, just keep the ruse. Keep the ruse. Why are you scoffing at what King David is telling his friend? Why are, if you guys saw Clara's face, she gave the most, the loudest eye roll. What's what? What, Clara? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, please don't betray me. Duh. Like, what the fuck? But could you blame King David? So many people have betrayed him. I know, but like, do you think you're going to ask someone, please don't betray me? Yeah, no, but here's You a, know what? Actually, I was going to No, I'll tell you, you one thing, though. Because despite King David's past of people hurting him and... Um, uh, letting him. him down, betraying mm -hmm. him. He still has faith in the Lord, and he has faith in what the Lord that the Lord always provides for him. Mm -hmm. He knows that every single time he thought that the world was conspiring against him, the Lord delivered mm -hmm. every single time. So when he's saying to Hashai, "Yo," he daps him up. Please, like, do this. Do me a solid. He's saying that more so, like solidifying his faith in the Lord as opposed to uh, begging, please, me. begging, please forgive me. No. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that that's more or less where it's coming from. Mm. Okay. Capiche? Okay. Cool. I also want to make a really uh, quick note because the episode's long. That once David and Hashai separate, Hashai now knows that he has to go to Jerusalem, right? Per David's, King David's orders. The minute he arrives in Jerusalem, guess who is there? Like the second he gets there, the minute Absalom. <gasps> yep. Because God's timing, it's almost like he's, it's almost comical how perfect his timing is during this, this uh, exchange. Because when Hashai sees Absalom, he already knows what he's about to do. He already knows what the role is. It's to show face because he already knows that Epsilon, what Epsilon's trying to do because David like brought him up to speed. And they have a quick interaction. Let's dive into 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 15 to 19. Now, Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. And when Hashai, the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, Hashai said to Absalom, Long live the king! Long live the king! And Absalom said to Hashai, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Why did you not go with your friend? And Hashai said to Absalom, No! For whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel have chosen, his I will be, <laughs> and with him I will remain, 
And again, whom should I serve? Should it not be his son? As I have served your father, I should serve you. <laughs> He's lying. <laughs> Hashai's lying. He's basically telling Absalom, boy, I got you. Oh, trust me. Listen, I, David, I don't like him. But, you know, Trust me, I'm yours. But it's, it's, it's all a game. You know what I'm saying? There's all, you guys, you guys, the story of King David is a telenovela. Because unless you listen to previous episodes, this episode won't make sense. <laughs> if you're not listening to the other episodes of Bible Stories, I'm sorry, but you gotta watch the other episodes. If you wanna be a real Bible babe, go to last week's episode. I okay. have a question though. Because that, like, yeah, that came up to my head on another episode, but I just, I don't know, I didn't say it. Isn't lying a sin? Uh, no, yes, yes, lying is frowned upon because, okay, let me break this, let me try and break this down for you. It's a loaded question, and I... We don't have time. It, no, 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 we do have time. I'll, I'll give it to you here. Things like that have been done in the past. Remember Rahab the prostitute? She had to lie in order to get people, the, the soldiers to leave so that Joshua's army could prevail, right? Mm -hmm. So that's just one example. There are plenty of examples where people fib and people tell non-truths. They lie um, in order to uh, execute the Lord's plan. They don't know that they're doing it at the time. At, their, at the time, they know that they're lying. However, they have faith that whatever they do, the, whatever that, that is, the, uh, the result of that will be God's plan. Like God will, remember what I said? No sin, no lie. I, I, I won't say that it's a sin. Sin is such a charged word. I wouldn't go as far as to say that. So maybe but not lying sin, and like being dishonest. Pardon? It's, not, it's maybe not a sin, like maybe that's a lot, but it's wrong. Like lying is wrong. Sorry, when I think sin, I think of like, Murder. I think of like the, the, like we're in the Old Testament, right? I think of the book of Leviticus. I think of the commandments that Moses wrote out for us and God gave him, you know? And because we see so many important public figures doing fibs, my, in my amateur opinion, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Because we see David himself has lied. Moses has even told little fibs here and there. They all do it. In life, we all do it. But I don't think that's any way to live. You know what I mean? And I don't think that's something that God condones or promotes, right? Like, I'm sure that all of this could have been avoided if David didn't sin originally. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? All of this is a domino effect result of David's sin. Further on in the episode, we actually find out that Saul's sins come up again. And the, David pays for the sins and, and um, uh, uh, irresponsible actions made by Saul. It's almost like, you know, the mistakes of your parents get inherited by your children. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. So the lies really are just like cleaning up what's happening, kind of. Either way, no sin, no lie can thwart God's final plans. God takes it and remixes it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I don't think that they would change God's plans. I just find it interesting how, at least for me, lying is something bad. 
is something that shouldn't be done. And I find it interesting how sometimes in the stories is like they they're lying pero como yeah. que no pasa nada claro yeah yeah we know it's bad but we do a lot of things that are bad for us i know but it's just that, you know I mean? like those like god chosen ones like or oh, whatever david throw was that saying. out throw that out the window a lot of god's chosen people have done a lot of messed up ish and lying is the least of it you know what i mean sure. i think it's an example of humans mm. like we know that a lot of things are bad and not useful and inefficient mm -hmm. and yet we do them anyways and yet we stay in bed for the extra two hours longer and yet we still lie to our mom telling her that we like the present that she gave us for christmas last year we lie we just we do that i feel like inherently we do that and if the bible removed that i'm not sure it would weigh the same way it wouldn't be as truthful to to the way humans really are i got a point ha <laughs> You're trying to get me, but guess what? That was the Holy Spirit speaking. Do it again. That was fun. <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm like, what's my answer going to be? Oh, that was the Holy Spirit. I could not answer that. I could not answer that myself. I can tell you that much. Anyways, let's get back to the story. Okay, guys. We're hopping back in to David's POV. While he's still out fleeing, he goes and moves past this mountain. And um, he goes to cross it, and he sees... Uh, a man named Ziba, who ends up being the servant of a man named Mephibosheth. Yes, that is his name. Yes, I had to look at my phone to say it. Mephibosheth. Now, Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son. Now, for those of you who don't remember, Jonathan was ex-king Saul's son, who was also David's homie. Jonathan and David, years ago, before Jonathan died, they had a pact that they were never going to betray each other. Jonathan said that to David. Jonathan was team David, and he knew that his own father was crazy. You know what I'm saying? That, that's the kind of bond that Jonathan had with David. So when David finds out that Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, was there, he was like, oh my gosh, hi, you're my homie's son's servant. Uh, Ziba has donkeys and a bunch of other stuff and all this other jazz, yada, yada, yada. And he goes, oh my God, you're King David? Take this, take all this stuff. Uh, this is for you. He's like an offering to David. You know what I mean? He's like, it's like a, what you would give any, like a, a king, like a, here, I promised you that I was going to take care of you forever. And that includes after Jonathan's life. Now, I will say that, and I'm going to speed through the story because there's so much left in 2 Samuel to dissect. I will say that during this time, there's a little bit of uh, um, uh, manipulation happening here between Ziba and uh, Meshibapheth. I said the name wrong, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, he says, hey, by the way, my... My master, he's actually not a part of your team, actually. This is Ziba, el chismoso. Mm. Ziba's literally like, by the way, like, don't trust him. Uh-huh, LOL. All these things, it's a, like, I don't buy it. I bet you he's going to go to Team Absalom later. And David goes, oh, my gosh, 
Never mind. David returns all the things that Ziba gave to him. He doesn't even want any part of it. Put a pin in that, guys. Put a pin in this, okay? It's not a major story. It's a B plot. You know, like, there's A plot, B plots. Do, do we have any script writers? Any people that write pilots? Okay, whatever. Anyways, it's a B story. So, David and his men continue on the fleeing journey, right? So, after he left Ziba... David and his little, you know, little gang of men that he's traveling around who are kind of protecting him because he's, again, he's still a king. Uh, 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 he f goes past this man. This man's name was Shemai, right? Shemai was a Benjaminite. And if we don't remember, I mean, you guys probably don't remember this, but I do. Saul was a Benjaminite. So low key, all of the Benjaminites of the Benjaminite tribe, they low key kind of hate King David. King David was from the tribe of Judah, the biggest tribe, the tribe of Jesus Christ. But the Benjaminites, they like they knew he was a king, but they weren't messing with King David. And so now that they know that Absalom is about to have a rebellion and stuff, the Benjaminites are like, yeah, can't get, get to hell with, you know, King David. And all of a sudden, this Benjaminite sees King David and his little gang, little small little gang. They start cursing David. You guys, cursing David, throwing rocks at him, stuff at him, a king. And David does nothing. He lets them. Dude, D David's uh, a secret service are like, king, should, should we kill him right now? Should we, we could body him right now if you want us to. And David goes, no, don't, don't. Dude, that Shammai guy, the Benjaminites calling him a murderer, which he's not lying. David was a murderer. Mm -hmm. You know and what I'm saying? And a rapist. And, uh, you know, some people keep... Hi, Tangie. Yo, a lot of people, like, uh, messaged me and they were like, Brianda, we don't like that you said that King David was a rapist. It doesn't say anywhere in the... Yeah, okay, listen. Okay, you guys provide a lot of nuance para lo que te conviene, mm -hmm. right? Uh, for those who don't speak Spanish, you guys provide a lot of nuance and a lot of contextual research for things that support your arguments. But the second you hear something that you don't like, all of a sudden I'm wrong? Okay, listen, the language says... David took Bathsheba. He got his men to take her. Biblically, the word take in Hebrew means captivity. What do you think? There were just, there was foreplay involved? It was pleasurable? No. He violated a woman, period. Stop trying to, yes, everything that you're saying is, yes, David, his heart was with God. Yes, the Lord forgave David. Yes, all of that is true. But the ugly stuff can be true too. Anyways, that's the end of that high tangy. Whoa. Just people always come at me and they come at me mad aggressive. <laughs> Anyways, when Shammai is cursing David and saying all these like bad names and things, it reminds me of when, do you remember, Clara, do you remember? Oh, well, you're, oh, damn it, you're not American. But maybe you know about it. Remember when George W. Bush got a shoe thrown at him? Yeah. At a press conference? Course, yeah. That reminds, so Shammai is that guy who threw the shoe <laughs> at George W. Bush, President George W. Bush. That is what's going on right now. And you know how George W. Bush dodged it? That's what King David's doing. But King David doesn't do anything, you know. King David trusts that the Lord has it taken care of. He knows that, what would killing him do? Another body, another death. You know what I'm saying? He just has, he has faith in the Lord. He has faith 
faith that the Lord has it taken care of. Okay, guys, I know this is going to be a little confusing, but we're going to jump back into Absalom's point of view, okay? It's, I know this sounds kind of crazy. This episode reminds me of Game of Thrones, where there are like different stories happening at the same time, but we're back with Absalom. So as we just left off with Absalom, he just met David's best friend, Hushai, uh, and he now is planning on starting like, all right, the fight's happening. What do we do now? Let's go. Let's go. So Absalom goes to Ahithophel, the council, to figure out what he should do. And Absalom goes, hey, Ahithophel, like, I'm ready. Like, I think I got my army. Like, I got like 200 men out here ready to like, ready to, 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 to kill people. Like, let's go. What do we do? And so Ahithophel, being the shrewd and manipulative man he is, he tells Absalom, you know what you should do? You should sleep with one of your daddy's concubines. <gasps> Let's dive into some scripture because the tea is hot. Wow. Second Samuel chapter 16, verses 22, 23. I may skip around, okay? And then Absalom said to Ahithophel, give your counsel. What shall we do? Ahithophel said to Absalom, go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house. And all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench with your father, and the hands of all who are with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof. And Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of Israel. Now in those days, the counsel that Ahithophel gave was as if one consulted with the word of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel esteemed both by David and by Absalom? That last line, um, that last line makes, makes me think, uh, and, and I'm not quite ready to speak on it yet. But what I will say is I do what I do want to speak on um, now. You guys probably saw me just short circuit. It's because sometimes when I read the scripture, como que algo me pasa, and like the la the last of it kind of like um, did something to me. But I don't know if you guys remember with Ishbosheth when he uh, accused Abner of sleeping with Saul's concubines. Do you remember that? That was a couple episodes ago with Ishbosheth. I know these are a lot of characters for you to remember, but um, uh, two episodes ago, Ishbosheth had accused one of his father's right hand men of sleeping with his father's concubines. And I said before, that is indicative of someone who is trying to overtake power within the home. It's very common in um, biblical times of like, when there's a, a someone within the family who's trying to overtake power. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Not an enemy. Within the house, mm -hmm. that's what happens. The first thing they do is they sleep with a concubine of the either the previous king or the current king. Mm -hmm. And that's why Ahithophel tells Absalom, hey, sleep with one of David's concubines. And he does it. And you know what's so funny is that it's kind of... Uh, uh, executing what God had told David through Nathan. So wait, one of his concubines cheats on David? 
Well, at this point, we don't know that David is. um, Well, it also says that. uh, So if he sleeps with one of his concubines, I mean, one of his concubines cheats on him. The concubine is uh, guilty of adultery. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, um, let's let's read the words. Go into your father's concubines whom he has left to keep the house. So they pitched a tent for Absalom. Then Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of Israel. Now in those days, the council... You know what? It doesn't say. The text doesn't say. If he sleeps or not. Yeah. It could be a strategy too. It could be a strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make sure everyone sees you go there and let the people assume. Ooh, now you're helping me. Yes, exactly. Because in the text, it says in the sight of Israel. There you go. Ha! So it doesn't matter. Like maybe it didn't happen. Maybe it did. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, smart. Very good, Clara. Um, Well, as we remember in 2 Samuel chapter 12, which was a couple episodes ago, God says to Nathan to tell David, I will take your wives and give them to your neighbor. Remember the punishment that God said, I'm going to make you pay for these sins. Mm -hmm. That is one of them. I'm going to take Mm. your wives and give them to your neighbors. So maybe he slept with them. Maybe he didn't. We don't know. But either way, it would be kind of executing God's punishment. Yeah, I still hate that they treat women as objects or fucking I t-shirts. Know, I know, like uh, like objects. I'll take those t-shirts away and give it to your neighbors. See what I you're know. wearing tomorrow. I know, I know. It's not fun. As a woman reading the Bible, sometimes it's a tough pill to swallow. It's just, it's hard for me to to see why would a woman... Like, if you're raised on the Bible or, or, or on faith, it's, but why would a woman want to change? Because the, you, the Bible has... Or because relationship with God has given people... Forget the sex. So much fulfillment, purpose, and joy. That is when I understand the faith and people that... Like, I'm not religious, but I understand people that are religious where... I always say people sometimes just need to believe in something, and that's why, like, I'm not opposed to, well, who am I to, to be opposed or not? But, like, I'm okay. Like, I don't have any problem with people having a different point of view when it comes to religion than me, because that, if that's what you need, and if it brings you that good, like, or this, um, esa seguridad, like this, I don't know. Mm, yeah, security, security joy, purpose, then, fulfillment. Fair enough, but... It's just hard for but me. But Clara, you, how many, I mean, I know you're only on 2 Samuel in mm. your Bible studies <laughs> yourself. There are so many amazing stories of women in the Bible, too. Do you know what I mean? Yes, but the fact that this was This written, happens in, in ugh, I don't Clara, know, just a women lot. in the segregate, like uh, segregation, in the, the suffrage movement less than a hundred years ago, or no, a hundred years ago now, women were uh, uh, inferior to men. Oh, yes. No, no, no. You know no. what I mean? Like, of this course. book was written in a time, in a, 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 a historical time, where that is what women, women were. You yes, know what I mean? But what bothers me is that God... It's like the narrative of God and on those stories is like, oh, I'll just grab those wives of yours and no. I'll put it there. And it's like, 
No, wait, who said that? Who said that? What did you just read? What did you no, just interpret? Yeah, you just said you just said that he said he was gonna take his concubines or his wives and Mama, give it to his neighbors. Ahithophel said that. Uh, God did not say okay. this. No, oh, you bite okay. your tongue. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Uh, no. <laughs> that Ahithophel oh, told Absalom. That this. changes everything. No, God, I thought it was God. And I'm like, no. In like, fact, a Levitical law is to take care of women, okay. to take care of widowed women. Who, you know, that wi widowed women were in such a. a, a, a um, uh, a, a dark spot in the society. Vulnerable yeah. spot back then. Mm. Once their once their men's or once their men's once their husbands would die, who was going to be the breadwinner? Who's going to be the protector? You know what that, I'm saying? Okay, that changes everything. No, 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 that no. That changes no. everything. That's why, like, why you want to believe in a god? We are all God's children, and God wants what's best. God, como que no ve eso? God sees us like a father sees his daughter and his his son or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's how he sees us. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that changes everything. I thought God had said no, that. I was like, no, but of course, lot. I'm sure people listening are going to say other things that God has said. Like <laughs> you give the wrong example. There would have been other, <laughs> there are other examples where you could say that. But again, it's, if we're reading this actively, if we're reading this with the Holy Spirit in us and allowing God to speak through the stories, it does not land that way. Again, if you're looking at this with a secular lens, every single chapter is going to annoy you mm. when it comes to women. You have to rid yourself of that, that like, um, that into high, that hyper intellectual brain. If you're going to read this, and I understand if people aren't willing to do that, mm -hmm. that's your prerogative. I respect it because I know that you are one of God's children, and I respect your will, free will to think that way. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, let's get back to the story. Wow. Ah! And after Absalom does what, you know, Ahithophel had advised him to do, the naughty business, after Ahithophel's like, oh, bet, that's so dope. Listen, I got 12,000 men ready to go. I think it's time for us to like hit the road. Let's hit the mountains. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's take over Jerusalem like we set, like we set out to do. Now, I know that this is God, but do you remember when David prayed to God when he said, Lord, please, anyone who seeks counsel from Ahithophel from here on out, please make them doubt. Please make them doubt Ahithophel. Remember when he said that? the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling God's paws are all around this because once Ahithophel tells Absalom, all right, dude, I got two, I got 12 K people. Let's go. Let's do this. Absalom doubts Ahithophel. Absalom goes, Hmm. Uh, let me get a second opinion before we do anything. And guess who Absalom calls for a second opinion? Hushai, hmm. David's best friend and homie. Now let's go to scripture for some context. 2 Samuel chapter 17, verses 5 to 7. Then Absalom said, Call Hushai the archite also, and let us hear what he has to say. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom said to him, Thus has Ahithophel spoken? 
Shall we do as he says? If not, you speak. Then Hashai said to Absalom, This time the counsel that Ahithophel has given you is not good. Hashai said, You know that your father and his men are mighty men, and they are enraged like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. Besides, your father is an expert in war. He will not spend the night with the people. Hashai's lying again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's like saying, you know what? Don't, don't listen to Ahithophel. Don't do that. You and so guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Oh my God, I'm so excited. This is the best part of the story. And then Ahithophel notices, like the next day, he notices that none of the people have gone out like he told them to. Mm. Ahithophel realizes that Absalom did not take his counsel. Mm. And so Ahithophel gets scared. Ahithophel gets scared and he knows that if they did not follow his instruction, it was because they did something else. Now he's nervous. Now he feels that maybe Absalom is probably going to go back to his father. He flopped. He flip-flopped. Never mind. And so Ahithophel goes back to his crib and hangs himself. Oh, <gasps> what? Yeah, bro. So in Second uh, Samuel uh, chapter 17, verse 23, when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey and went off home to his own city. He set his house in order and hanged himself, and he died and was buried in the tomb of his father. Wait, he said he tidied up the house before he killed himself? Yeah, like Marie Kondo. Yeah, like, why? This does not bring him joy. <laughs> he wanted to clean up the place before he... I mean, <laughs> okay. Eh, maybe I would do that too. I would want to make sure that everything was ready. Like, Because you know what I was thinking? I get intrusive thoughts. And like, if I were to do it, I wouldn't want my mom to come to my apartment and see a mess. I mean, she's going to really see dark? her daughter dead. Do you think she cares about the dirty dishes in the sink? Yeah. Yeah, my mother would. My mother would be like, La malita sucia del diablo. Oh, God. She could not even do her dishes before she kicked the bucket. Wow, this is really dark. Maybe we'll edit this part out. But I mean, this is me. I don't know. Wow. I'm just a dark crazy. girl. Like, to me, it's like, you're going to be dead. No! I don't want them seeing my dirty panties you're on dead. the ground. What do you care? No, I do care. I, it's more about, like, my parents and, like, my family. Like, I don't want my nieces to see, you know, my bed not made. I'd want to make my bed made. That's crazy. It's not that crazy. In my head, I'm like, you're dead. What the fuck do you What's care? crazier is that I'm depressed, so my room would be a mess. That's yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like, have you if if the world saw my depression room, it would be embarrassing. It would be worthy of a TLC documentary or something, <laughs> like a TLC show. Like my depression in me, <laughs> just like a bunch of Popeyes boxes around my bed, my curtains disheveled. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, sorry, we're dark babes. Join our join our second podcast called Dark Babes. <laughs> <laughs> in the dark of night with Clara and Brie. Anyways, let's get back to the story. So I bet you're wondering what's going on at Team David, Camp David, wherever they're at. Because Hashai spoke to Absalom and got him to like seize fire, technically David's in the lead here. David has some leverage here uh, in this rebellion. And now Absalom hears word about this 
and they are at a full-fledged war. There is a battle, there are chariots, there are horses. And I don't know if you guys know this, and I may not have said this before, but Absalom was known for having a long mane, like long hair, just like gorgeous long hair. While, you know, Absalom is out trying to seize Jerusalem, trying to kill his father, have his father killed, he's on his horse and he's riding and he's riding and on his way riding, his hair gets caught on a tree and the, his hair gets pulled, like he pulls himself off of, from the, the horse, what? and all of a sudden he's hanging off of the tree. <laughs> what? One of David's men sees that Absalom is hanging <laughs> off the tree, but guess what? One of David's orders while the rebellion has started is that no one is to kill Absalom. Okay. No matter what, you can capture him, bring him to David, do not kill Absalom. Okay. This is, uh, this is very big of David. You know, he's a father first, apparently. So one of David's army men sees that Absalom is caught in a tree. His hair is caught in a tree. He's stuck. So one of them goes to tell David's right hand man, Joab, remember Joab's commander in chief. That messenger boy that sees him hanging in the tree tells Joab, hey, by the way, Absalom's hanging on the tree, but we're not supposed to kill him. You know what I'm saying? Joab goes, what are you talking about? Kill him. The guy's like, David said not to kill him. Joab's like, if you're not going to kill him, I will. Joab gets on his horse, goes to where Absalom is hanging on that tree, and stabs Absalom to death. Whoa. Yo, come to think of it, Joab really likes stabbing people <laughs> because Joab also stabbed Abner. And he also, you know, some people just like, I guess he's a creature of habit. You guys, if you're, I don't know if you can hear this, you probably can't, but Wheezy WTF is in the other room of WTF Media Studios where Bible Stories records and she is being allowed as Okay, guys, we're winding down the story. Joab has killed Absalom. Of course, King David finds out that his son is dead, and David mourns. David mourns, and he mourns, and he cries. And right in front of David, Joab is like, why are you crying? He wanted to kill you. And David gets so mad at Joab. He's like, he stops mourning, but I don't think David ever really like forgets what Joab said. And I won't get into into that much detail because this would be a three-hour episode. But later on, David actually demotes Joab and promotes one of Absalom's old commanders and chiefs. Chiefs. Um, it ends up being reversed, but I'm not going to get into that story. If you want to listen to more of that story, read chapters 19 to chapter 20. I don't have time to dissect it, but it's pretty interesting if you want to. Um, to dive into what happens with Joab and Absalom's commander. Now, now that David is won, he comes back to Jerusalem. But the people aren't all the way sold on David. You know, David was a fleeing king. A lot of drama has happened. They now know that he, they now know his beef. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe the tabloids have 
started and they have like the fact that David killed someone, you know, his PR is not looking too great. And at this point, half of Israel is supporting him and the other half is not. And guess what? Half is not supporting him. Judah, his own people, his own family are not supporting David. Hi, Tangi. It kind of reminds me of when, you know how sometimes your family and friends are the ones that support you the least? <laughs> like, I can't tell you, even with this podcast, I've never seen as much support as I have from strangers. Over the weekend, I spoke to someone in London, someone in Costa Rica, mm. someone in South Africa. Wow. Like, these are people I don't know, and I feel like they support me more than my own family does. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of a little bit of that. It's all a part of God's plan, and I really want you guys to read it. You know, this is what doesn't make this a Bible study. It's not a Bible study, but I really urge you guys to read what happens because Judah ends up welcoming David once again. Some of David's last words in 2 Samuel aren't the last words you're going to hear of David. Right? Like we said, David has the book of Psalms. He has a lot of, he has 75 uh, chapters in the book of Psalms. He also comes back up later in uh, Chronicles. You know what I'm saying? Um, but in terms of 2 Samuel, chapter 22 is so important because David sings this beautiful song of deliverance. Um, deliverance in that no matter what trials and tribulations he went through, he remembered how the father had showed up for him in the past and he just put his faith in that, that God always delivered before. And so my job isn't to uh, worry or be anxious. My job is to praise the Lord and trust the Lord. You know, he, in the song, it basically like uh, praises him and he asks him to strengthen his trust and faith in him. And so others can too. You know, um, I really would strongly urge you guys to read chapter 22. It's so wonderful. Um, you know, uh, chapter 22, verse four, David sings, I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all of the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path, but they have fallen into it themselves. It's kind of like those that try, the enemies, those that try and like bring you down, they never prosper. You know, what weapons formed against me shall not prosper, etc. It's a wonderful song. Please read it, chapter 22. Um, and then yada, 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 fast forward, the last chapter of 2 Samuel. I'm not going to get into too much detail, guys, but to give you a brief synopsis, uh, David compares, you know, or um, the author, David or Gad, they compare the failures of Saul and David together. You know, David also has a census at the end of 2 Samuel, which is super important. Compare the census from 2 Samuel to the census and chronicles. I'll dive into that maybe on a Patreon episode, but, um, it, it's, it's really dope. And I want you guys to read it. I love you. Let's get into moral of the story. Cause I'm hot and I hate my outfit. No moral of the story is trust in the Lord takes time. It may take no time. Lucky you. 
and it may take 25 years. Lucky me. It may take pain and tragedy like the case of King David. David grew to trust the Lord more and more with time. David has legit seen God forgive him and have mercy on him. God's loyalty and faithfulness was consistent the entire time of David's life on earth. It's proven in his personal Psalms. No matter what turbulent season of life David was experiencing, he'd cry out. He'd cry a lot. But he ultimately knew that the only thing he could control was when he praised the Lord and trusted that he would deliver him like he always does. There's muscle memory in developing a strong relationship with God. In order to even cultivate that relationship with our Father, you've got to have faith. Yeah. Because you got to have faith, the faith, the faith. <laughs> Woo! Oh, a baby. Hey, Father, how you doing? Yeah, get me out of here. I am on my period. My boobs hurt. I look a mess. Anyways, catch you next week. He loves you. So yeah, dude, I don't know what I want to do with these boobs. They are just, should I get rid of them? 